this podcast will fail and that's probably okay but i can be wrong so who knows episode 59 this podcast will fail i'm your host i'm just some guy who i am is relevant to the conversations that i come here to have with you and with myself and uh, lately and hopefully a lot more going forward uh, with some uh, with some other folks as well so this is the launch of season four this season is going to be titled coming to terms much like with the first season of this podcast the whole genesis of this podcast was built as a, a way for me to work through some stuff I have been a digital content creator for the last 15 years. I have tried and failed multiple times to build a following and build a name. And I decided to sit down uh, earlier this fall and just start talking. Just start working through some of the the things that I needed to say out loud to myself and, and think through everything I've done uh, for the past 15 years. And it felt great, and it was a lot of fun, so I kept going. And through season two, I started taking a closer look at life and society, talking about uh, people, right? The way we think, the way we react, how we deal with things in the world. Season three, I decided to try and reach out and ask some questions and hopefully get some responses back from folks to even further take this idea of, of picking the brains of other people to help me explore and, and help me understand the world uh, a little better. So here we are in season four. Uh, this is uh, just about the beginning of December of 2020. Thank God we're almost there, kids. The year is grinding to a painful conclusion. A lot has happened this year. A lot of people have been through a lot of things, myself included. Um, it's not been an easy year for just about anybody, but we've we've made it this far. So all this month, uh, I am going to start digging into some of my own personal. Mm, I don't. I don't think the words trauma, <laughs> it's almost like a cliche thing to say, but I, I think that uh, this is an opportunity for me to look at my life beyond just, you know, the role of a, of a content creator that I've been trying to play, but uh, who I am as a person, where I've been, what I've experienced, and frankly, come to terms with some of the things I've done in my life, some of the, uh, I don't know, I guess less savory parts of my thought process and, and my interaction with the rest of the world. So I, there's certainly plenty, but, but more than that, I'm going to not just focus on myself, but I want to take a closer look at the things that we as people, right, specifically uh, those of you here in the continental United States with me, some things that we need to come to terms with, uh, some some of the more difficult themes, the things that we don't or frankly can't talk about uh, 
to ourselves and, and with each other, the things that just seem to automatically drive um, a wedge between between people, between families, between friends, between strangers. There's supposedly more that unites us than divides us, but it sure is um, tough to find much of any of it anywhere right now. So I think we'll we'll spend a little bit of time talking through that stuff as well. However, I, I do have some things to say out loud. Again, I, I come here to have these conversations primarily with myself, and it appears that some of you are listening in as well, and I appreciate that. And, and it's interesting to see how people are reacting to a podcast that is not promoted in any way. There is no social media. There is no hook. There's no trying to gain followers and subscribers. I'm just I'm just talking. I'm just making conversations and putting them out there and seeing who responds to them. I haven't ever told you my name, nor nor will I. So those are some themes that are uh, further to be explored as we move along into this here season four. So on that note, I guess I will start start this conversation here, uh, this first episode of season four with, um, I guess a little bit of perspective and background of, of who I am. So, um, if you haven't listened to any of the earlier episodes of this podcast, I'm i I'm a husband of 26 years to the same beautiful woman. I am a father to six uh, cool freaking kids. Three of them are actually adults now. I, um, I'm an office jockey manager monkey. Uh, I, 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 I do Lumberg work. <laughs> That's who I am. If you've ever watched the movie office space, uh, professionally, I am Lumberg from that movie. But prior to any of that, I was a very, um, lonely and troubled kid. I didn't come from a particularly savory nor stable uh, background. So I am the youngest of three boys in the family. My parents uh, divorced when I was three, and I have some pretty traumatic memories of that period of time. Um, and, and we'll explore, I'll explore um, some more of those specifics uh, in, in future. Um, I'm not going to spend the whole time going through all of it right now because there, there's, there's, there's pieces that are a, a, a little more nuanced and that I want to allow myself to, to walk through them and talk through them dispassionately. Um, my uh, mother was... Again, a single mom trying to raise three boys. Um, there was some family around her, her aunt and, and things like that that kind of helped and supported a bit. But she was um, she was pretty pretty disconnected. There's um, you know she worked a lot, but she was uh, when she was not working, she was pretty well holed up in her own little world and and um, wasn't wasn't very approachable or reachable. So as a young kid. It was kind of a weird, 
relationship uh, to have with this person who I only saw for an hour or two every day before she would go to bed. And, you know, some of that was, was dinner and, um, that's about it. Uh, later on in late teenage life, we, we probably connected a little bit better, uh, than when I was, when I was little, but, uh, I, I understand that as, as a father of, of older teenagers and, and young adults, I understand it better now than I did back then. What it's like to suddenly look at, uh, this baby, this child, as as a person as a uh, another you know personality and 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 uh, individual that you can interact with in an adult way uh, in a grown-up way and have actual substantive conversations i just when i look back i don't recall having any substantive conversations with my mother until well basically until i i, I got married um, i got married um, at age 19, uh, actually one week after I turned 19, uh, my wife and I uh, got married. My mother wasn't happy about it. Um, my mother wasn't happy about a lot of things. She was, she was, uh, she was a control freak. Um, as much as she was distant in a lot of ways, she still expected that she would be the one to have the final say when it came to anything to do uh, with me or, or with my sons or, or any of that. And, and it was when my sons came along, my wife and I had a pretty decent three year, uh, honeymoon before we decided to start building a family. And as soon as, as soon as it comes to being a grandparent and she had been a grandparent previously, my older brothers have kids, man, she just wanted her thumb on every single aspect of my kids' lives and my life. And it was tough. It was really tough because this is hard. (laughs) This is actually harder than I thought it would be, but it's important that I walk through these things. Um, So my mother, she was, she was a harsh individual and she found everything darkly funny. So in the 1970s, this is to just give you an idea of, of what kind of person she was because she uh, married my father super young, I believe 17 uh, that she was and, and she got married because of my oldest brother coming along and um, she in, in the 1970s she got into that wood burning are y'all old enough or your parents ever show you where you get like a like a slice of a, of a, of a piece of wood or a tree and you use like a branding iron kind of thing to make designs or or burn words or, or patterns into you know into a piece of wood well that's that's one of her things she had a lot of that and one of the, her prized possessions was a was a wood sort of display sign plaque kind of thing that she had burned for herself. And it hung right above her pillow on her wall behind her bed. And the the sign read queen redneck bitch of the universe. I got to tell you that, that, that so succinctly wraps up my mother that I, I just, it's staggering. Uh, I actually should say, um, I should stop and preface, pre- pre- preface this for just a second here. Uh, my mother passed away a long time ago. Um, she actually died in the year 2000. 
and uh, she was only 50 years old, which as a 45-year-old guy, that's another weird piece of um, perspective to add on to things. Um, but anyways, so that, that that's who she was in life on purpose, and she enjoyed it. She, I recall one time uh, we, would, we would go up to uh, Canada. Uh, her father lived in Canada, so we would make this trek north uh, to go visit him a couple times a year. And one way, uh, one time on the way home, we got stopped by a state trooper because <laughs> both the uh, registration and inspection stickers on the car were all expired and my mother was speeding. And because all of those things were expired, my mother also had a suspended license. <laughs> so I was 17 years old and I had my learner's permit. <laughs> and uh, so the state trooper pulls us over and starts giving my mom the business. And yeah, listen, I'm not making this up when I tell you that my mother was the woman who did not remove the cigarette from between her lips before telling the cop to kiss her ass and all credit to whoever this cop was because he remained calm you know this this little five foot four red red haired woman just blasting him over how dare you even I'm taking I'm visiting family and I'm taking my kids home and this is BS. And so at the end of it, the, um, the cop basically gave her a choice. He says, this is, this is going to end one of two ways. Either you're going in the back of my car and I will call for a ride for your children, uh, and have this vehicle towed or that young man there. Uh, and we had already verified he had asked if I had my learner's permit. He said, or that young man there with an actual valid uh, ability to drive will be the one driving this vehicle home and you will go in the back seat. And Jesus Christ, her face turned as red as her hair and uh, she she relented. You know, I think that you want to be arrested right now and have your kids abandoned on the side of the road and lose your car. Great. Let's go. We can dance. But she was defiant straight through and she 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 acquiesced and I. <laughs> I drove home. Whew, that was rough. Um, that was her. That was my mother. You know, she had no patience for anybody, no time for anybody, other than what she wanted and what she felt was worthwhile and what she thought was funny. Um, she smoked like a goddamn chimney. Uh, that was this this. This was all through all three of the pregnancies, right? My brothers and I, she smoked like a chain smoker all the way through, right? And and two of us have severe uh, asthma issues uh, all through life. Um, my middle brother uh, was clearly uh, preemie and stunted. He's only five foot six, five foot seven, maybe. I think he's five seven. Uh, whereas I'm five ten, and my other brother's six foot. She didn't care. You weren't going to convince this person uh, that she she shouldn't be smoking. Screw you. Fuck you. I have this is my vice. This is what I have. I'm allowed. I can do what I want. Leave me alone. Um, I tried many times to get her to quit. Uh, tried different things, and 
And uh, even trying to bring up me and my brothers and our health issues uh, was met with a, oh, you're not dead. You're fine. Look at you. you <laughs> she's like, you're obviously well enough to bat to, or what'd she say? You're obviously well enough to mouth off to me. So must be okay. <laughs> wow. Um, when I, when I moved out, right, I, 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 was going to get this apartment and get out of her house. I mean, when I talk about the smoking, Jesus Christ, it was, it was every day, all day. It was in the car, wherever we're going anywhere, the windows are up and I'm sitting in a cloud. It was at the dinner table for Christ's sake. Like she would cook dinner every night and I would sit uh, at the table with her. And and later, later on as a, as a, as a teenager, my stepfather, and he chain smoke like a mother too. And literally eating food in, in a cloud of tobacco cigarette smoke. That was, that was my life. I I mentioned, I think once in an earlier podcast that I went to a, a private Catholic school. I got hauled aside when there was a new principal, a new nun, uh, came to be the principal of the school. And like first day she was in the hallway inspecting the kids walking in a line and she grabs my shirt and hauls me out of line and throws me in her office and wants to start berating me about smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, sister, it's not me. It's, it's my mother. My parents smoke around me. Whoa. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, there's no good conversations came out of that, but so I needed to get out and I, I was able to get this apartment. Um, and <sighs> She taught me to be this way, okay? She taught me to be this way. I went to Walmart and I bought a sign that said no smoking. <laughs> and I put it on my door. This is like a shitty little basement, one-bedroom, rent-controlled apartment out on the outskirts of uh, one of the major suburbs. Almost rural, not quite. And uh, so the first time that she's going to come over to the house... Or the, the house, the apartment to visit and see the apartment. She, um, I hear, I hear the car, you know, wheeze and groan to a stop out front door open, you know, the, the door to the building. I hear her clomping down the stairs to get to the basement. And before she even got to the bottom of the stairs, I heard her voice ring out. Oh, fuck you. And <laughs> that's bullshit just just ranting just absolutely ranting and and she left she did not come in the house (laughs) i swear to god she didn't talk to me for three months after that (laughs) didn't return a phone call didn't call me didn't want anything to do with me for months over that slight how dare you how dare you? That was that was one of the things that she eventually said. Um, so then we fast forward a little bit. You know, she again, she never had money. My wife, my wife and I, we were figuring things out, young and stupid, getting into debt, you know, scraping by, trying to figure out what real jobs we're supposed to have. And so uh, eventually my oldest son comes along and, and everything's OK there. <laughs> Um, 18 months later, uh, number two, who is Gideon, who you actually met, uh, just an episode or so ago, um, came along. Here's, here's mom one more time. So 
names are important to me and my wife and and all of our kids names have meaning there's a specific meaning behind it and um that's just what we do it's who we are so we knew that this boy's name was going to be Gideon and my mother was not happy at all so we um found out that she did this same thing to my oldest brother uh, with his first child but she came to me and said look I know things are tough for you guys but you can't name this baby this name this ridiculous name and you know she literally tried to bribe me she offered me $500 that I know she didn't have I don't know where she thought she was going to get $500 from but literally offered me $500 to not name my child what I wanted to name him. And again, she did this she did this to my older brother too and I uh, he gave her the same response I did, which is um no. <laughs> um yeah, that was my mom. That was her. So so here we are now, uh, a little ways further down. Gideon is now about uh, eight months old or so, and I find out that I am uh, I'm, I'm getting a new job. I'm moving, move, we're moving the family to Cleveland, Ohio. This is the start of my career. This is a brand new experience. This is big stuff. Well, here we go again. Mom giving me a rash of shit. You can't take my grandsons away. This is ridiculous. You shouldn't do this. How can you? Like, really just giving me the business. And I, and look, I don't have a choice. What, what do you expect me to do? I just got laid off from my job. But the same company wants to transfer me and, and give me a management position because of how good I am at my job. But I got to relocate everybody to Cleveland, Ohio. They're even giving me money to relocate me to Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. So that's, that's age, um, 30, no, 25, age 25. Here we go. We're going, we're off to Cleveland. Whew. So we're in Cleveland and it was like November of 99, I think is when we got out there. November of 99. Yeah. So we come around to uh, a couple months down the road. It's, it's now May of, uh, 2000. And my, um, my oldest brother's wife calls me one night, right after I got home from work, I get this call from her and she says, sit down. And I said, okay, I'm sitting and I'm thinking what happened, man, something happened to my brother, something happened to our great aunt who's really old. No, no, no. Mom's gone. So the, my mother died the way she lived on her terms under her own umbrella, by her own rules, she lived how she wanted to, and no one was going to tell her otherwise. Uh, she had a lot of various health issues throughout her life. Um, she was a bit of a, of a hypochondriac. She had the physician's desk reference next to her bed. I kid you not, she really did. And she would hop from doctor to doctor, basically telling them what she thought was wrong with her at the time and uh, getting them to prescribe whatever she decided she needed to be prescribed to address the thing that she knew she had, whatever that happened to be. Even at one point, um, 
she was working at a, um, like a manufacturing little manufacturing company and, and, uh, my wife was working there with her and my mother mixed up two pills that she was not supposed, she was supposed to have stopped that one. You cannot take that anymore because you're going to take this. She decided for herself, she was going to take them both. She ended up in the hospital. My wife had to, they literally left work together. My wife had to drive her to the hospital. She survived that one. But again, the same thing where, you know, she would go from doctor to doctor to figure out, you know, how she gets her hands on what medications she thinks she needs. But it turned out that um, my mother had a, had a medical condition that um, she needed a hysterectomy. That's really what it came down to. She apparently, and I didn't know this, had been told many, many, many times by uh, by her gynecologist that you, you need to have this hysterectomy or it's going to kill you. Scurry out, you know, knock you down. Right. Um, the house I grew up in from age 12 to when I moved out is literally one mile from the general hospital in the city where I grew up. One mile. And I was told later that she didn't even make it that mile, that she was responsive in the ambulance when they were taking her out of the house. And by the time they had turned the corner onto the main road and we're heading down the road towards the hospital. She did. She was gone. She lost consciousness in the ambulance and never woke up again. And it passed away before she even got a mile down the road of the hospital. Basically it bled out is what it would have boils down to her. Her organs had shut down because there was not enough oxygen. There wasn't enough, enough oxygen in her body. So she, uh, she died very, very, very suddenly. And I, I obviously it hit me. It hit me like a brick. I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about? You know that 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 can't. You know it's it's like that that disbelief. You cannot believe, um, that this person is suddenly gone. And this is this is the first like real loss of anyone in my whole life. And I think that based on that experience. I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm special or different in this in this way, but it terrifies me to ever get that phone call again to find out that someone I love is gone. And it's so strange because I did love her. I really did. You know, that's my mom, you know, and and as much as we had a, a very thin relationship when I was little and as much as we had a bit of a strained relationship when I was a teenager, we laughed from time to time. Right. We would we would say something stupid or something funny to each other and and we would laugh for a bit and and move on. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't always all bad. It was I don't know. I guess that's just the relationship and everybody's got their own relationship with their parents. But I can't even fathom ever getting that call again and being so far from anyone that I can reach out to. Thank God for my wife, my wife was there and, and got me through that piece. Um, but you know, that's, um, that's the story of my mother. So, it, you know, this is me trying to understand it a little better from the perspective of a 45 year old as opposed to a 25 year old. Um, and, uh, it, it still hits me. It hits me from time to time, you know, 
Uh, believe what you want. I've told you what I believe. Um, I believe that she did have a brief visitation with me in a, in a dream, but it wasn't a dream. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? She came and, and said, I'm okay. You know, I was in, in the dream. I was in her backyard and, and the backyard I grew up with. And she told me she was okay. And I, and I was okay for a long time, but, but it was, it was difficult to know that that was someone who was doing her best, but her own personality flaws held her back so much in life. There was so much more she probably could have done or been. And at the end died a very unnecessary, uh, young death just, just because of stubbornness. You know, she, she died the way she lived on her, on her terms and no one was going to tell her otherwise. So if I have any stubborn streak in me, I guess I can attribute that to her. I guess that's where that comes from. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever been as headstrong or stubborn as her. I don't believe so. So there's that. There's the, there's the first thing I'm coming to terms with is, is, um, my life with my mother as a, as a poor little kid growing up to a single mom who did her best and struggled a lot and got it wrong a lot, but somehow managed to put me out in the world. Um, and here I am. So tomorrow I am going to rewind the tape, pick up on this story again and talk about my father. And that's a very different conversation. And that one is uh, probably, I don't know, maybe even a little bit tougher. We'll see. There's some things I got to work through on that as well. But I do uh, appreciate the time. If you've uh, listened to this podcast and made it all the way through, thank you. I I appreciate you spending a few minutes with me. And uh, wherever you are, I hope that you um, are safe and well and that your family is okay through these tough times. I will speak to you tomorrow. Have a good one. (laughs) 